just me and people around me? Or does everyone feel extra tired these days too? Some people here in Korea have been complaining that maybe they're more tired now because they've gotten a year older. But how about you? Are you feeling lethargic, lackadaisical, and generally low on energy too? Of course, our bodies wouldn't suddenly feel tired and worn out just because we started on a new calendar. It's probably just a winter thing. The season does have a way of making everyone feel a little lazier. The sun rises later, so it's harder to get out of bed. It's cold outside, so we don't feel like going outdoors. Winter just makes us enthusiastic about doing nothing. So, if you've been feeling this way, Don't worry, you're far from being alone. I'm Stella Zhang, and this is One Fine Day. Welcome to One Fine Day with Lena Park with Stella Zhang. We started today's show with Sonu Jonga and her song Dingul Dingul, Idol Idol. Well, actually, what a perfect song to describe my mood these days. I just want to stay home in my bed all day, but I couldn't. Anyway, um, I said everyone got a year older earlier. Um, and um, that's a very Korean thing because when the year changes, Korean people used to um, get a year older. And it's going to change from from June, from this June, from June 2023. But I'm still not really used to it. So um, I feel like I'm 33. Well, actually, I'm 31. So um, there is a little confusion in the age. But I hope it's going to settle down one day. And um, if you've been wondering why you're constantly sleepy, no matter how much you sleep, and tired, no matter how much you rest you get, It could be because you're still tired from the year and schedules. Or it could also be because you're still adjusting to the new year. Well, this was the exact conversation I had with Wunkyung Jakanim yesterday while going home. I was saying, I don't know why my energy doesn't really um, fill up even if I rest. And um, I almost felt like, oh, so this is the amount of energy that I have to live with from now on. So I was a little... I was a little disappointed with it, but it's okay. It may really be a winter thing, as I mentioned earlier. Or it could also be because we never really get enough rest. Maybe I should just rest more. But the good news is, today is hump day. Once we just make it over this hump, the weekend will be here in no time. So how do you really feel today? Tell me about it as you also tell me where you are and what you're doing right now as you're listening to today's One Fine Day. Don't forget to also tell me which songs you'd like to hear on the, on the show today. And as always, feel free to share your sayandr stories and anecdotes about anything and everything as well. Nothing's too trivial, anything goes. Send in your messages on Kung right on the various message boards on OFD's website at world.kbs.co.kr or leave a comment on the latest post on Instagram at KBS One Fine Day and Facebook at facebook.com slash EnglishKBS. 
And if you have a Korean phone number, you can also send a text at sharp 8150. It's 51 per SMS and 101 per MMS. It is Wednesday, so Kayo Top 10 is coming up in part 2 of the show. Be sure to stick around for that little trip back in time. I'll be back with the roll call after the song break. Here's Woods with Thinking About You. Today ain't my day, it's just one let me be. I may be okay, just a little cynical. One Fine Day is coming to you live from Seoul, Korea, where it's currently 5.21 p.m. as I speak. The weather here today is sadly foggy again. Um, dusty, I would say. Right now, I'm talking to you in a studio located on the fourth floor of the main KBS building in Yeoido, Seoul. Where are you? It's the global roll call, if you will, a chance for me to find out where in the world all the listeners are and what you're all up to right now, aside from listening to the radio, that is. Where are you? Listener Chinayan Manikam sent good morning from India. Oh, hello, good morning. And listener Yunmi Chang sent suha suha, I'm at the hair salon to get my son's hair cut. I feel like I'm here too often. It has gotten easier because they're older now, though. When they were younger, they'd cry when we sit them in the chair, cry when the hair trimmer touched them, and they'd thrash about so much that we'd all be covered in hair, sweat, and tear. Thinking about then makes me think I should be grateful for the present. Well, it must have been a hard time, but now that they're a little older, maybe it's a fun time for you as well. Listener Tohyun9659 sent, 안녕하세요, 수장님. I've been watching your appearance on The Masked Singer. I'm curious, wasn't it scary when the bodyguards dragged you here and there? Well, it was a little bit, but um, the thing that um, really bothered me was the mask itself. It was really hard to see through it, but it was okay. And listener Tara Chan sent, 오늘도 오셨네요, 안녕하세요. Yes, I'm here again today. I think I'll take a walk while listening to your honey sweet voice. Oh, that's a nice thing, but don't forget to put on your mask because it's very dusty out there today. And listener Kondakur Rafikul Islam sent hello from Sadar Nelgan, Bangladesh. Wow, that was a hard name and a hard a region name to read for me, but hi. And now we're going to look at some song requests from the listeners. Listener The Blue Maniac sent, Hello DJ Lena and Stella. I'd like to request twice, Talk That Talk. Thank you DJ Lena and Stella, and have a nice day. And listener Forever Lena sent, 수장님 오늘도 감사합니다. I want to request NRG's 할수 있어. Well, thank you for cheering me up. So let's listen to those two songs back to back right now. First up is Twice with Talk That Talk, and after that, we'll listen to NRG with Harsuisa I Can.
We just heard NRG with h a s u i s o I can, and before that, it was twice with Talk That Talk. Definitely two songs, very energetic, and you feel like you can do anything because it's called I can. Well, I'm going to read some more text messages, and、um, listener Sharp1263 sent a text with a picture. With daughter. Daughter and daddy's best musician, Sela Jang. Well, thank you. And my daughter, Soyu, is 12 years old in Korean age. And she's surprised to hear the song, Har Su Iso. She asked, What's this song? Well,、um, believe it or not, I had the same reaction because I, I do know the song, but I didn't remember the intro. And、um, it was really a surprising intro for me as well. And、um, by the way, I saw the picture. She's very cute. And、um, listener JSJerry76 sent the beanie, and today's picture looks great on you. Oh, thank you. That was、um, one of my、um, like un, uh, unplanned、um, purchases from last year. I just went to、um, this, um, this mall, and、um, I was like, oh, I think this is cute. And、um, I wanted a new one、um, because that was the, 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 the beanie that was.、Um, You know, on the, on the mannequin. You know, I don't, I don't know how you call it, like mannequin. And、um, so they said that it was the last one left, so I had no choice, so I just took it. So I think a lot of people put on that beanie before me. So、um, yeah, I would have preferred to have a new one, but still, I like to have this beanie. And listener Johnny4900. I don't know if I should read 4900 or 4900. I always struggle with numbers. And、um, he wrote on Kung in regards to today's opening about how we feel all so tired even after sleeping. And so he says, My sleep is also strange. I woke up at 1 a.m. after crashing at 7 p.m. I tried to sleep longer, but couldn't. Well, it, this,、uh, the same kind of thing happened to me last night.、Um, I go to sleep very late, usually, so、um, around like four or five. And、um, so yesterday, I knew that I had to wake up very early this morning. Like, very early for me is like 9 a.m., you know? And、um, so I went to sleep around two, and、uh, I couldn't fall asleep, like, at all. It, was, it wasn't like. I'm sleepy, but I can't fall asleep. It was, I wasn't sleepy at all. I was fully awake. So,、um, I think I really fell asleep like around like 4 30 or 5. And I woke up at like 8 30. And I was so,、um, I don't know, I was angry because I wanted to sleep more. But I guess today's sleep is going to be finer. And I hope it's going to be better for Johnny as well. And、uh, earlier on Instagram, Johnny sent, Hello, Stella. I hope hosting is getting more enjoyable each day. I really enjoyed Winter Stella. The production sounded very clear, like I was in the same room. I also appreciate how the staging the record player with snowmen and lights fit perfectly cozy for the whole album video. Oh, thank you. So, Winter Stella is the、uh, EP album that I released last year for Christmas. And、um, there's a video of the full album、um, that, I, that I shot myself <laughs> with, my, with my vinyl player, with a turntable, and the little snowman. So,、um, if you want to check out, you can find it on YouTube. And,、um, and definitely, hosting is getting more enjoyable because I became,、um, I grew more generous to myself, to,、uh, to my small mistakes. And、um, so, it's 
it's fine. And um, listener Ratikartika4 sent, Hello, DJ Stella. How are you today? I hope you're good. I really want to request Kai Sugi, Jeno, and Karina, Hot and Cold. Thanks, and have a nice day. So we're going to listen to the song, Kai Sugi, Jeno, and Karina, Undocha, Hot and Cold. You're listening to One Fine Day with Lena Park on KBS World Radio, and this is Telajang filling in for Lena for a week. I'm going to read some more messages from you. Listener Alicia sent, Today is one of my colleague's last day at work. He's same age as me, but he's been working in this industry for several more years than I have. So he's a lot more experienced and very, very smart. For a couple of my projects, the teams have been extremely reliant on him to make executive decisions before doing the final send-outs to clients. Everything he says just seems right, and he's always really patient and supportive, often taking the time to give me lengthy feedback and help me out whenever he can. His absence will be missed, but I guess it's time we learn to be a little more independent. Well, yeah... Somehow, um, if you rely too much on someone, um, it's, I don't know. I don't think it's a, when, when he's there, it's fine. But um, like you said, um, it's time to learn a little more um, independence. Because I used to be like that a lot. I, I really like to rely on other people. So um, whenever I have to take a decision, I'm really scared to do it by myself. But somehow, um, if you do it repeatedly, you get used to it. So um, I think it's going to be, a, you, you're going to have a good future by yourself. And um, your, um, your co-worker, your ex-co-worker will also find his own way. So good luck for, you, for, for both of you. And listener Taipei Warren sent, Hello, DJ Stella. I can't wait for the Kayo Top 10 segment today. The last time you and Liz hosted this segment together, you both talked about K-pop songs that were inspired by the Carpenters. Yes, I did. I truly enjoyed the segment that you both did together last year. On top of that, I just wanted to let you know that I enjoyed your interaction with Yongdae on Monday. Surprisingly, both of you have a unique chemistry that was so enjoyable to listen to. You are holding on to the OFD fort really well, Stella. Thank you. Clap, clap, clap. And I look forward to another awesome live show of yours today. Thank you. That's very warm and um, supportive for me. It, it helps me a lot. And listener Blue92 sent, Hello DJ Lena, I'd like to request a song, Coldplay featuring BTS, My Universe. Thank you DJ Lena, and have a nice day. Well, DJ Lena is on her vacation, so I'm DJ Stella filling in for her for just this week. So um, I'm going to take her place and play the song for you. So uh, let's take a listen. It's Coldplay and BTS, My Universe. Two different songs from two different parts of the world. 
It's like they belong to a parallel universe. It's time to listen to a couple of songs that are seemingly nothing alike, but actually somewhat similar in one way or another, upon closer inspection. One K-pop track and one non-K-pop track. It's parallel universe. Today, we'll listen to two songs that both say, I do. First, we'll listen to the K-pop song, I do, by On and Off. O-N-F. This group is known for their starky, starkly different images. They're so charismatic when they're on stage, but so friendly when they're off stage. Their song, I Do, was a part of their 2019 mini-album entitled We Must Love, which used Time Warp as a central, central theme. I Do was the last track on the album, and it goes like this. Deep in the abyss, my eyes were losing color. But meeting you has enabled me to dream again. Even if space drifts from space, we can feel each other. So even on the other side of the earth, we can meet each other. I do. And the non-K-pop parallel of the day is I Do by American R&B singer-songwriter and producer Brian McKnight. He made his debut in the early 1990s and has since won 16 Grammy nominations to date. He was particularly popular here in Korea in the early 2000s. He not only visited the country on multiple occasions, but also collaborated with some Korean artists as well. As for his song I Do, it was a part of his ninth studio album entitled Ten, which was released in 2006. It's a love song, and here's a bit of its lyrics. When we touch, when your skin touches my skin, it's too much. When I'm near it, seem, uh, near, it seems like the time stops. My guard drops, and I didn't see it coming. But from somewhere right out of the blue, girl, I never meant to love you, but I do. So here are these songs back to back right now. I do by Onenopu, and I do by Brian McKnight. <laughs> The songs we just heard were I Do by Onenopu and I Do by Brian McKnight. Those were the parallel universe songs of the day. Coming up in part 2 of OFD's version of Kayotop 10, so don't change the channel. For now, I'll wrap up part 1 of the show with Kobak Ceiling by Park Jae-jung. Welcome to part two of One Fine Day with Lena Park with Stella Zhang. In just a moment, we'll hop on a time machine and travel back in time to listen to some good old Kayo on OFD's Wednesday segment, Kayo Top Ten. So I'll be right back with Liz after this song break. Here's Park Sebyeol with Sarangin Gayo, Maybe in Love, followed by Sohi with Joa I Like.
Once upon a time, there were days when K-pop was simply known as Kayo. And back in those days, every Wednesday evening, every Korean music fan tuned into KBS2 TV to watch their favorite singers perform on the legendary music chart program dubbed the Kayo Top 10. It's not Throwback Thursday or Flashback Friday, but way back when Wednesday. And we're going to take a trip back in time to listen to some old-school K-pop music, a.k.a. Kayo. And joining me in the studio to guide us through this trip is our very own OFD staff writer, Liz. Hello. Hello. Feels weird saying hello after chatting for, like, two songs straight. <laughs> yeah. And, and also, I think, like, Wednesday is the day when you sent me, uh, when you send right. me usually a text message right. to remind me that I have to um, yeah. choose songs for right Thursday. after the segment i would be like stella yeah. So, yeah and you don't have to do it today <laughs> nope not today but uh i'm seeing you in person so it's all good it's all good it's all good mm-hmm. so um so the last time we did this um segment together we talked about old songs right um, old remakes uh-huh. of um the carpenters right and we got a refresher for that by our listener yeah. it had just like you know gone over my head I couldn't yeah, even remember actually I yet. talked about it with my parents like not so long ago oh really like uh, mentioning the singers mm-hmm. who, um, who covered who the did song cover uh-huh. the song what did they think of uh, they already knew of course yeah they already knew so um yeah, it was fun yeah, sometimes when I bring in songs from the 70s or I talk or I get to talk about artists from the 70s, I ask my mom mm-hmm. um, or my dad like what they thought of the uh, singer or what they remember about the singer. And they mm-hmm. they usually just give me like one word answers. Oh. Like they're always like, oh, she was good. <laughs> uh, she wasn't all right. She was all right. Oh, that was a bad version. And, you know, like those are the only answers they would give me. It's like. They're no help. Oh. <laughs> but the fact that they would remember the person would say a lot to me, yeah, too. Yeah, because it means that they were actually famous. Right, because it's, to me, it, fe- it feels like my parents were... They have always been music lovers, mm-hmm. but they never went out of their way to look for stars or the singers or artists that they don't already know. Oh, so they they were just happy with the given information. Right. So it means that those singers they know Mm -hmm. were really prolific. Exactly. Although nowadays my mom's taste has changed a lot and it depends heavily on what's on TV. Oh. (laughs) She knows all, she knows more idol, uh, idol band members than I do. Wow. And and she always refers to them in their first names. So, like, it feels like my mom's on first name basis with the idol stars. And I'm like, who? <laughs> I mean, my parents would mention some names mm-hmm. that I'm really surprised to listen right. or listen to or hear from their mouth. Exactly. Because I, um, there were some artists that I knew, mm-hmm. but I never thought that my parents would know. Right. But actually, my my father only know them mm-hmm. through this um, this soccer show. Oh, the soccer show yeah, that yeah, female yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, artists yeah. do. Uh-huh. And um and he was like, oh, she's really good at soccer, and yeah. and he doesn't know a single song <laughs> from that team. So I'm well, like, okay, <laughs> there's no such thing as bad publicity. So. Yeah. <laughs> 
So yeah. So what's the theme today? Well, we're gonna we are indeed gonna go back to our parents' times mm-hmm. a little bit, and then uh, work our way back up to my time, if you will. Um, since you know, I'm gonna be talking with you. I figured. Uh, you're more known as a singer-songwriter than, say, Lena is. Cause Lena yeah, is that's more, true. Like, she's better known as a super vocalist, right? Yeah. Um, oh, even though she does write some of her own songs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so I was like, so what gives an uh, artist the title singer-songwriter? Oh, never thought about it. Right? So I dug into it a little bit, and I decided to focus on female singer-songwriters in Korean history. That's interesting. uh, Because there's a huge uh, distinction between the female uh, artists and male artists, especially in the 70s. And it seems that we had a lot more male singer-songwriters throughout Mm -hmm. the years, um, even though, uh, say, like, nowadays... Uh, there are some big name female singer songwriters like you, yourself included. There's like IU, Sonu Jung. We yeah. listened to Sonu Jung earlier. Park Sebyeol and Sohee. We just heard uh, before. Yeah, they were singer songwriters. Exactly. Well. So um, there have been a huge influx of singer song female singer songwriters, especially in the 2000s. Apparently, mm-hmm. uh, but before then, I actually found an article that referred to female singer songwriters as 천연기념물. Oh, because they're so rare. Exactly, 천연기념물 being like national treasures or natural mm-hmm. t- treasures because you know they're rare, yeah. right? So I thought it would be interesting to look into where it started. Who was the first uh, to be given the title as the Korean female uh, first? Korean female singer-songwriter, and so on. Okay. And, uh, yeah, so the title singer-songwriter, basically, I don't even know if it's used as uh, widely, like a one-word title, um, as it is in Korea, uh, in North America. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. I mean, they say, like, when you go to an artist's Wikipedia page, for instance, they would say singer, comma, songwriter. Mm -hmm. Oh, right. So it's not like the sing songna in Korea. Exactly, we say yeah. sing songna, but like you know, it's it's not a single title. Yeah, and sometimes in Korean, mm-hmm. I found it funny because sing songna sounds so much like a one word. Mm-hmm. They would actually like sing song. And yeah, I saw that too. And I'm like, like sing a song. Like what? What's that? Like it's, like a writer who sings singer. a song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, I think. In Korea, it's used to refer to artists who can create their own music yeah. and play their own music mm-hmm. and sing their own music well. <laughs> that's that's well. a very uh, important distinction there. Um, and basically, uh, a singer-songwriter is a multi-talented artist, uh, according to some of the industry uh, definitions yeah. I found, mm-hmm. but yeah, when when you talk about like rock bands, you mm-hmm. know, they write their songs themselves, mm-hmm. but you don't really mention them as like singer songwriter. Not right? really. Uh, that brings me to Kim Yuna mm-hmm. because she writes vast majority of songs for Taurim, and she has and her, her own her solo own songs, albums yeah. too. But we don't always refer to her as singer songwriter Kim Yuna. We say Taurim's um, Kim Yuna. 
Yeah. Right? So uh, I thought about including her on today's list, but I thought she deserves another section, like another like female band leader mm-hmm. section. So I left her out uh, for those of you who may be expecting her songs on this list. Uh, but yeah, uh, the reason the distinction is so... Um, much more distinct in Korea, I think, is because, uh, according to one article I found, it's because the Korean popular music industry was so skewed to focus on the performer. Oh, okay. As opposed to the creators, mm-hmm. the 창작자들. So um, the the artists who write the songs or, or like write the lyrics or compose the songs, they weren't given due credit oh, for so a they very were long time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so uh, that's one of the reasons why singer-songwriters have been so rare in the old days because um, they, they were happy with the spotlight they were getting as a singer mm-hmm. and you know they they weren't really looking for different ways to uh expand their horizons yeah. and also even those who um could write songs apparently in case of Isoni I wrote I, I read that uh she wasn't billed as a singer-songwriter because uh there were so many great like revered songwriters giving her songs anyway oh. and so when she wanted to include her own works in her her album, the record label was like, but you're just a girl. Just sing. Oh. <laughs> okay. So it took her like good 10 years until she decided to include her own songs uh, in her albums. But uh, according to records, the first ever Korean singer-songwriter is an artist by the name of Kim Jong-suk, who sang a, who wrote and sang a song called Kashin Nimege, or I oh, guess okay. to the man who left me. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one would take us back to 1934. 34. Uh-huh. But apparently there is only a record of this record being released. Mm-hmm. But uh, but there's no record. No record. <laughs> yeah, so the song doesn't exist anymore. There, we just know from oh. history that there was. A, it's like one of those <gasps> songs like lost that get track. exactly the songs that get lost in like oral history or whatever, right? <gasps> so that's uh, sad. It is sad. We will never get to know what the song was about or what the song. Well, we yeah. don't even know the lyrics. I don't think so. Um, it's the, the record just says. Uh, an artist by the name of Kim Jong-suk recorded and released a song called Kashin Nimege and that's it. Okay. And we don't know what the song sounded like. I guess we could do a little more digging but Mm -hmm. I got no time for that. And um, another another thing that that survived in the records apparently is that she was gorgeous. That's about it. Oh, okay. So if she was born like 50 or 60 years later Mm -hmm. it could have been a hit. I suppose. Uh, but after that, uh, the one record, the first record that can be confirmed, that mm-hmm. we actually can listen to still, is yeah. a song called Kuriun Saramkiri, or uh, I'm not going to translate that. It's a song oh, okay. by an artist by the name of Park Inhi, who mm-hmm. is one half of the uh, co ed duo Tua e Moa, which oh. is French, and mm-hmm. I probably butchered you it. And, me. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that 
duet or that duo lasted for quite a while, but um, uh, he she had written most of the songs for the group sound as well. But she did release that one single song in 1971, and that one is recorded as the first piece of work that was released by a female singer songwriter. Okay. But um, that was just one song. Oh, so it was not a full um, full album. No, and uh, there were other artists who would include a couple of songs that they wrote in their albums mm-hmm. in the uh, well in like nineteen seventy one, nineteen seventy two. But it wasn't until nineteen seventy two uh, when an artist released a full album mm-hmm. that was written and composed and performed solely by herself. Wow! And that artist is Pang Uygyung. Unfortunately. That was the first time I ever heard her name. Yeah. (laughs) Which is weird because she was apparently, and in her times, uh, basically put on the same level as the folk, a legendary folk artist, Kim Mm Min-gi. So there was Kim Min-gi and Pang Hye-kyung at the time. Okay. But we all know Kim Min-gi now. This is the first time I heard this name. Exactly. And that, I think, in part shows why there have been so little female singer-songwriters because, mm-hmm. you know, they don't get the respect that they deserve. Yeah, right? enough, in- enough inten- attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she released this uh, very uh, epoch-marking uh, album in 1972, and uh, the song Purnamu, or Fire Tree, is the song that I brought in today. This, I believe, was initially released earlier as a part of a compilation album by the folk artists of the times. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, uh, they only released like 500 albums at the time. And uh, that folk album, I don't know if it still exists. Um, um, but somewhere in the uh, old archives. I guess yeah. so. Uh, but this song was later included on her own album as well. So we're going to be listening to that. And uh, I thought it was really amazing what she said about the composition process because she said that uh, when she's writing a song, her heart starts to flutter and she feels like she's being electrocuted. Oh. And she just, uh, her, her, the lyrics and the melody just comes all together to her. Wow. Yeah. So sounds like a genius, Mm -hmm. but she only wrote like 30 songs. Because... Um, um, I don't know. So what happened was, yeah. Um, so she released this album, and it was considered a masterpiece by uh, artists of the, the her 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 peers considered it a masterpiece. But apparently, like almost immediately after the song or the album was released, it was banned mm. just because the government didn't like the fact that the college students at the time who would you know, lead a lot of rallies and a lot of demonstrations. Yeah. Like the album. Huh. So they just banned it and apparently they even slashed um, the uh, LPs. They like broke it in half and so this album, this LP has become a bit of a collector's item now because... That's such a sad history. It is, right? Uh, but yeah, so it became a collector's item because, again, Chanyeonggi-nyamu is so mm-hmm. rare. Um, and after that, she tried to record a second album 
this is another really sad piece of history. In yeah. 1974, she did actually record a lot of uh, the songs for a second album that she was planning on uh, in secret. Because, she, you know, that history with the yeah. whole album being Manning, banned and yeah. everything. Um, and what she did was she would actually sneak into a studio after the curfew. Oh. Because there were, used to be curfews in yeah, this country. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so after midnight, they would sneak in there and just, you know, well, I guess the studio was soundproof, so they did it in <laughs> secret. But what happened was she uh, she trusted uh, a, an acquaintance with the, with the fully mastered version of the uh, music that she recorded. Yeah. And the acquaintance lost it. Huh. Like the entire album, it was almost done. It was ready to be released. They just needed to copy it, and uh, it was completely lost. And after that, she just lost the will to record anymore. Oh, is, and she moved so out of the country. She was like, she was really unlucky. Yeah, she was very unlucky. Um, uh, some even called her cursed. No, <laughs> I mean, you know, your first album being banned, and then the second album being lost. It's kind of understandable, oh right? Yeah, um, I, I would want to like really like punch that person like who lost the masters if that happened to me. Yeah, I mean now I'm sure you could you know have backups and stuff, right? Yeah, you just send them by email. Yeah. You ask your mastering to like studios abroad, you know? Yeah, and you can keep your own music in your phone and in a USB stick yeah. and everything, but. Uh, yeah, back then it was an LP and it got lost and uh, she just left the country after that and she didn't really sing again or re- record any more music anyway. Oh. As for the song Purnamu, it is one of uh, the best known songs by Pang Gyeong and it is from her first album, her first and only album. Mm-hmm. Um, as for the content, I thought it was really difficult. It was very poetic and it's not about love, so far as I could tell. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, I, I was like, Purnamu must mean something else. Like, it must be a word I don't know, but no, I, I, looking it's at like it, Purnamu it's fire tree. Fire tree, yeah. Uh, apparently, it's there's a fire tree that's on top of a mountain, and uh, things burn there. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, um, we're gonna listen to the song. I'm really curious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's Purnamu Fire Tree by Pang Uigyong. <laughs> That was Purnamu Fire Tree by Pang Uigyong. Well, I am surprised. Mm-hmm. Nicely surprised. It's, uh, she's got a beautiful voice, and uh, I mean, folk music from the seventies generally mm-hmm. have that you know one guitar, one voice feel. Yeah. Uh, but I think it was just a really good combination. With mm-hmm. the sounds, just really went well, and yeah. uh, it's unfortunate that you know we don't really know her. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Maybe some people who know her can send this message. <laughs> I kind of highly doubt it, but um, <laughs> no. But I hear that the entire album is around like it's you know generally the same tone, and uh, it's uh, the album itself is considered a masterpiece. So I do plan to take a listen to the entire album on my way home, maybe today. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
Okay, so what comes next after Pulamu? Right, so this is the artist who I thought was the first Korean singer-songwriter oh, before I start, started digging. I think if digging. I was asked the mm-hmm. question, I would give the same answer. Right, because she's, you know, really popular and really famous. Yeah, everybody knows, even from my generation. Right, so I'm talking about the artist Shim Soo-bong, and we're going to listen to her debut song, 그때 그 사람, which unfortunately on uh, official sites is translated as the one I knew before. Oh. Yeah, I'm not a fan okay. of the translation. So, but how, how would you translate it? The person from that time? <laughs> um, the man from... From then. This is hard. This is harder yeah. than I thought. But I just didn't I just didn't really like the word before and there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> then would have been better, I guess. Yeah. Anywho, this song was released in 1978, so we're still in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And this was her debut song that she sang at a college music festival. Uh, I was surprised to learn that this was actually the first trot song to be performed at the competition. Oh. Because it was a competition geared toward the college students and they were mostly, you know, like group sounds, rock bands, and folk music artists. So um, it was very rare to hear a trot song on the program, on the Mm -hmm. competition. And it was not just a I I saw this performance Mm -hmm. and I was really surprised that it was it wasn't just a very simple trot. No. See, what she had uh, tried or attempted to do was to merge trot with jazz. Nice try. Very nice try. But uh, so back then at such music competitions, I guess it's the the same now, too, unless you're bringing in your own MRs. But um, you have to collaborate with the band. Yeah, that's true. Uh, But the band didn't really know what to do. Because, oh. yeah, they could, but I mean, these are veterans who have been playing music all their lives, mm-hmm. playing backup for newbies, maybe to be singers, you oh, know, because they're yeah. competing to become singers, yeah, right? Yeah, that's right. And this newbie brings in music that makes no sense to them. Oh, so they they were not really um, ha- know, supportive? I guess not. Apparently, they had a big argument just before the performance. Um, so they each performed their way. <laughs> I, it sounds like it. Although, I mean, if I didn't hear about that story, I would not have known about it just looking at the videos now, right? Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, apparently there was a bit of a dissonant there, and um, she was not happy with the performance, obviously. Um and she did not win an award uh, at that competition, particularly because the judges felt like she, she was, was too, too professional. Because well, they were looking for amateur uh, com- competitors, like participants, right? Like they want, they were expecting freshness and like um, people who are not uh, all put together yet. Yeah, they not were, well polished. Exactly. Uh, but this artist was not Already only perfect, <laughs> perfect, but she had, um, you know, she was good enough to argue with the bandmaster there. Yeah. And, you know, try to get her own way, right? And I'm just learning that her real name isn't Shim Soo-bong. No, I think it's Shim Min-kyung or yeah, something. Yeah, it's Shim Min-kyung. Yeah. And, and so whenever I saw Shim Soo-bong, mm-hmm. uh, her name... Mm-hmm. I would think, oh, this is really a name from the 70s. Yeah. 
And actually, her name is Shin Mingyong. Like, I feel like I'm betrayed. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was such a clever choice. It sounds so well with her music. Yeah, mm-hmm. also, and it's memorable. Because yeah. they're, they're like, I'm sorry to all the Mingyongs out there, but there are a lot of you out there. And this coming from a tune is... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think I, I, I only... Heard Subong as a name mm-hmm. only from this person. Exactly, it's like Sotteji, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so it's a very smart move. She knew what she was doing for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, of course, the song was very professionally written, very artistic because again, it's a mixture between trot and jazz that no one else has tried before, so far as I know. And so it's really no surprise that the day after the competition, even though she did not win any awards, she was able to grab a record deal. Mm-hmm. And the rest is history. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's listen to this song, 그때 그 사람, The One I Knew Before by Shim Subong. That was Shim Subong and her song, 그때 그 사람, The One I Knew Before. And you're listening to OFD's very own Kayo Top 10. And I'm enjoying some of our listeners' messages. Mm-hmm. Um, Alicia says, Subong sounds cuter. And, oh, than Mingyong? Yeah, and I, I, I like your comment about it because. Oh, it sounds like French. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Sibong. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, Lahab82 says she had a friend whose nickname was Subong back in college, and she actually doesn't remember her real name. (laughs) (laughs) That's how how uh, impression like how much of an impression a name like Subong can leave. Yeah, it can just erase the the real name behind it. Well, moving on, we're gonna listen to another singer who has a very unique name. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, Changdok. Mm-hmm. And I have talked about her on Kyoto Tim before, and she has a very sad history, too. Uh, she is, unfortunately, I will... I don't know if you know, she's no longer with us. Yeah. Um, we're going to listen to her song, Dim Tonanhu, After You Left, because uh, it is one of my personal favorite songs by Changdok. Oh. And also because it's from uh, 1986. We're going to move yeah. into the 80s now. I only knew her through the team he, mm-hmm. she did with Hyunyi Watanabe. Right. That's the uh, duo that she uh, had uh, been a part of with her brother. Mm -hmm. So I do remember with Lena, we compared them to Agnew. They were brother. Agnew of that generation. Right. Older brother and uh, uh, younger sister. Oh, also, that's the that's the carpenter Sue. Yeah, and also Billie Eilish. And her oh, <laughs> yeah. I wish I had a older brother. Um. Uh, I, I don't have an older brother, but uh, uh, from what I can gather from all my friends who have older brothers, apparently you don't want one. Oh, because <laughs> not all of them are like each <laughs> other. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe maybe he would not have been Musical. as talented. Yeah, as them, exactly. As you them. need you need a great producer brother. Yeah. Anywho, um, yeah. So she initially debuted in 1975 when she was 13 years old. And uh, this okay. was even before Hyun Yuma Dogi. They mm-hmm. just, uh, her brother and herself just performed at a, a military perf- mm-hmm. or the stage. Um, and that uh, just 
drew the attention of uh, music producers and they ended up forming a group, then uh, called Hyunyi Wadogi and released an album. But it took them seven years to release their second album, um, mostly because, I mean, they were, they were busy they were growing kids, up. Yeah. Yeah. And also, um, I think I vaguely remember hearing about how she wanted to go to an all-arts high school, mm-hmm. but um, her parents were kind of against it. So, like, they wanted... Uh, I mean, I think it's a smart decision, too. They wanted both the brother and the sister to get, like, a... a normal degree. Yeah, and... normal degrees and, you know, backup plans, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the end, they did come back to music. Um, and uh, their second album actually reached the top tens, I believe. And in the 80s, they... Uh, not so much they, but she decided to try out being a solo artist. And that one... That became a huge success as well, leading to several albums. And uh, she's actually also been a part of a considerable amount of movies, too. Oh. Because that was like the barometer of popularity at the time Mm -hmm. in the 80s. If you were a great singer who was popular, if you were to call yourself a star, you had to be a star in a movie, too. Well, I think like that happened a lot more often mm-hmm. back in the days. Yeah, I think they just didn't have enough stars. Yeah. I mean, like even even in the uh, in the Western culture, mm, like that's true. if you if you type like your your old pop stars, mm-hmm. you just realize that they they all played in a movie, and yeah. you're like, were they actors? Like I did I didn't even know that. And right, they were not always great, but, but they were still there because <laughs> yeah, they they sold tickets. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, okay. But that's, that's like the same thing these days as well. That's true. But some of the idol stars are better actors than singers. Ah, okay. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's just my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, going back to Changdeok. So this song, Nim Tonan Hu, was actually a part of her third solo album. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was released right after the release of another song she wrote for another artist, which was by This one was actually super popular oh. as well. Uh, but yeah, so Nim Tonan Hu did even bet her eventually because it was released in June but come next spring uh, the song ended up winning the golden cup at the Gaya Top 10 because that means it won the first place for five weeks in a row wow um, and it's been described as a uh, as folk music mixed with disco that's interesting. interesting we have a lot of interesting mix um, the trot with jazz. Right. Yeah. And that was another thing I kind of noticed with while I was researching these female singer-songwriters. Um, w- of course, we started with the straight-up folk artists, right? Mm-hmm. But then uh, we have a lot of very adventurous artists here. Yeah. And so uh, we are going to go back to just one instrument in just a little bit, but that's, that comes <laughs> later. Um uh, this song, again, uh, not only was Changdeok known for her beautiful voice and being able to write, but another thing that people really noticed about her is that she was she was not hesitant, she would not hesitate to try new things. Oh. So, like, she would bring in music styles that weren't popular yet, and she would and just make, it, make popular. it popular. Right. Wow. And that takes a very adventurous person, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so folk and disco is one such amalgamation that she kind of brought into the mainstream. And uh, again, unfortunately, she did pass away uh, at 
the very young age of 28. And whenever I talk about Changdeok, uh, Lina and we are like, Lina and I were like, what would have happened, you know, if, if she, she was, was still here? Just oh. as we do with Yujeha and Song <laughs> yeah. Sok and everyone else. But yeah, uh, another thing I wanted changed to, a lot. Yeah, another thing I wanted to quickly uh, draw attention to was my favorite part of the song's mm-hmm. lyrics, which is, "Well, so what if I'm alone? I'm still young, and what if I get a little sad? I could just cry a little and get over it." Oh, mm-hmm. that's very um, pure mm-hmm. and smart. It's wise words by um, a very young person. Yeah. So let's share a little bit of her wisdom. Mm-hmm. This is Changdeok with Nim Tonanhu after you left. We just heard Changdeok with Nim Tonanhu after you left. JS Jerry76 says, Ah, you know that good Oh, this song. I played it on Kaios of Ten yeah. a couple of times, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you heard this song before? I think I've heard it somewhere. Right. Because the melody sounds familiar. Right. It's it's one of those timeless melodies, too. I, mm-hmm. I think with, you know, like different instruments, it would sound better now. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, I mean, as is, I think it has... 80s written all over it and it's yeah. got its own charms but mm. yeah great song I think I liked it mm-hmm. and so what comes next we're gonna jump over to the 90s mm-hmm. and uh, go over to a singer songwriter that I think a lot of artists love yeah yeah uh, it's Do Young Shim and we're gonna listen to her solo debut song 별걸 다 기억하는 남자 the man who remembers everything and uh, she had made her debut as a songwriter first. Not yeah. singer-songwriter, but songwriter. And uh, she actually wrote a song for Pyeonjin Sup, the famous Himang Sang, uh, which was released in 1989 when she was still a student. Mm-hmm. She was a college student. She was majoring in piano. Yeah. And uh, she gave the song to Pyeonjin Sup, and it became such a huge hit. I believe the song actually was not a title track, but it became more popular than the title track yeah, from the album. Yeah, that happens sometimes. Yeah. And uh, after that, she became popular among songwriters, and uh, she had, you know, given many songs to, or I guess sold many mm-hmm. songs to other artists before debuting as an artist or singer herself. Uh, but yeah, so that happened in 1992. She decided to finally give it a go and re- released an uh, album that included the song 별걸 다 기억하는 남자. And although um, she did, I think this song was not as popular as her second album title track, which was 그리움만 사인에, yeah. which unfortunately was a cover. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that did not deter her from continuing to write her own songs. Um and uh, because, as I mentioned, she majored in piano, so she actually has a piano instrumental albums as well. Yeah. And nowadays, I believe she's... She's busy- working as, like, music director for dramas right. and films. Right, films and dramas. I think and she worked for uh, Woo Young. That's right. Yeah. She uh, actually sang a song for uh, Woo Young as well. I believe it was... Uh, I think it was on the last episode. Mm-hmm. I actually did not watch, so I don't know, but I... I <laughs> Yeah, I heard that it's a, a song called Ending Note. So mm-hmm. I'm guessing it was part of toward the end of the drama series, I guess. Okay. Uh, but she also um, 
hosted a music program on TV for good four years. This was back in 1991. Oh, so that's where it all started. This is exactly where it all started. It was first uh, started as 노영심의 작은 음악회, which is like a small recital. Mm-hmm. And then it became 이문세's show. Mm-hmm. He just had his name and show. And then 이소라's propose and 윤도현's love letter. Ihana's Peppermint, and then you hear a sketchbook. And, and now it's Jay Park with something else. Uh, oh, I saw the title just now. What was it? Park Jae Bom's... <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> I, I was I saw the uh, sign walking up just well, uh, yeah. the steps today, but I was... Yeah. Anyway, so that's where this all began. Oh, with it's Jay Park's Drive. Park Jae Bom's Drive. Drive. I don't think so. Mm. Weird. Well, it is. <laughs> I guess so. That's not what I saw. Anyway, uh, yeah, so she's the one who started it all. That's, you know, that's that was the important part for today. Mm-hmm. Um, as for the song, 별걸 다 기억하는 남자, it was written as a bit of a response to 희망사항, oh. which I thought was funny because she wrote both of them. So she wrote yeah, both men's she, point she of wrote, view. Oh, it reminds me of, like, someone, I, I, saw, the, I saw this, a small anecdote on mm-hmm. the internet. Mm-hmm. It was someone who was between two people mm-hmm. who were on their way to some, you know. Okay. Yeah. So they were flirting with uh-huh. each other. But um, this person between them uh-huh. is um friend uh-huh. with both. Okay. So they both uh-huh. asked this friend uh-huh. to... Um, to to give advice for the the answer. Uh-huh. So this person felt like I'm talking with myself <laughs> because the guy would ask me what to answer uh-huh. to the girl and the girl would ask me what to answer to the guy and and then he was like, "Oh my god, I'm talking to myself. It's it's my conversation That's hilarious. with myself." So, no young she basically they basically did that in the songs. <laughs> yeah. So it's, I guess this could be like one of those long texts. <laughs> um, and uh, the lyrics are actually really entertaining. The song's like four minutes, 20 seconds long or something. And she does not make a single repeat. <laughs> well, like she that one part that repeats is, I wonder if he would remember, right? Um, but the lyrics are long and she's just listing. I wonder if he would remember whether the first day we met was a Thursday or a Friday or whether I was wearing my earrings that day or not, whether I was wearing shoes or runners. Mm-hmm. And basically, she's not she's not looking for someone who would remember everything, but she's just saying, wouldn't it be fun if, mm-hmm. you know, to meet someone who would remember? Like, wouldn't it feel special? Yeah. Um. But I think nowadays we call them stalkers. So <laughs> maybe be more careful. But I really like this mention of her name. Right, so for those of our listeners who may not know, there used to be a uh, cartoon series on TV. It started out as a comic book um, back in the early 90s that featured a uh, female, young female main character called Yongshimi. Who happens to share the name with Noyangshim. Mm-hmm. And uh, if I remember correctly, back in the 90s, the guy didn't wear glasses. Oh, so she's asking, I wonder if he would remember oh, in the lyrics he's saying. I, I never really watched it, so I don't oh, know. It's way before your time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so in the lyrics she's asking, would he remember whether the guy who had a crush on Yongshimi wore glasses or not? But if I remember correctly, he didn't. Oh, I was wrong. 
he wore glasses. <laughs> I guess. And her, his name was An Gyeongtae, right? See, Wang, like, Wang Gyeongtae. Okay. Yeah, so I thought he didn't wear glasses, but his name was An Gyeongtae. So it but would be confusing. It's, it's both wrong. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so I guess I remembered wrong. I am not the man who remembers everything clearly. <laughs> but it's okay. And we're going to listen to this song, uh-huh. which is <laughs> 별걸 다 기억하는 남자, The Man Who Remembers Everything by No Young Shim. 나를 처음 본게 정확히 목요일이었는지 금요일이었는지 그때 귀걸이를 We just heard 별걸 다 기억하는 남자 The Man Who Remembers Everything by 노영심 And he indeed remembers everything <laughs> And I think like the translation of the, uh, of the title mm-hmm. like doesn't really translate like 별걸, 별걸 yeah um, every little thing yeah every, or too much every, the man who remembers every trivial thing yeah. <laughs> but I love your take on the song uh, because you were speaking from the point of view of the artist or the singer yeah. saying how does she remember all the lyrics yeah because because it's so long and it's just an enumeration of different details. And I could I could imagine it being hard to remember which one came first. Yeah. Like verse one and verse two and verse three and four. It's like which one yeah. comes first? If I think like if the if the song was like melody wise more dynamic, mm. it would have been easier to memorize right. because um different lyrics uh-huh. for different melodies. Right. But right, here right. it's repetitive melodies with different lyrics. I wonder if she still remembers. I don't know. (laughs) I don't even remember my songs that I wrote so well. Moving right along, we're going to squeeze in one more song. Squeeze in one more. And this is an artist who uh, I think you might like as well. Yeah. We're going to listen to Lee Sang-un and her 1995 song, Mm Gongmu Dohaga. And uh, for this song, I I guess... um, I, I should give the background uh, as briefly as possible. It is the lyrics were actually. It's hard to say that she wrote them herself mm-hmm. because they were based on an ancient poem oh. that was actually written as a song, but the melody was lost. So what happened to Kim Jong Su? Pretty much. Oh yeah, but, but at here least she put the melody on the text. Right. Uh, or she, I don't think this, uh, the uh, actual lyrics were written in Korean because it was so ancient. Mm-hmm. So there's a part that she uh, kept from the original, but the rest is basically the explanation of what had happened in the original text that she uh, writes, out, writes out as the lyrics. And... Um, Lee sang debuted as a vocalist in 1988, singing Tamdadi at a music competition. Yeah. Uh, but she didn't quite like the direction that the record producers were taking her, so she left. And she studied music further, both in the U.S. and in Japan. And she started writing her own music from uh, her third album and on. Mm-hmm. And this particular album, her sixth album, Gongmu Doaga, took her two years and a lot of traveling to write. Mm-hmm. And uh, she um, actually in the liner notes, I'm, I'm not sure if it was in the liner notes or, or in a related interview, but she had said that she wanted to become a middleman. Like, she wanted to bridge uh, East and West, mm-hmm. Korea and Japan, and mm-hmm. reality and non-reality, okay. and music and visual 
people and people and everything that goes between all of the above. Oh. And I think uh, the song Kumudwaga is not only a bridge between the old and new, mm-hmm. east and west for sure, because they uh, the song uses both eastern and uh, Korean and western instruments. Um, but it's just. It's also a bridge, in my mind anyway, between the old Isangan that we had become used to and the the image of Isangan we have today. Like, she's an artist who has carved out her own niche, unique uh, spot in the Korean music industry. And I think she is, would be a great role model. Yeah, she's a very inspiring sonbae for Mm -hmm. all the female singer-songwriters out here. (laughs) And that's what I thought, even though I'm not one myself. I thought (laughs) she might be, and I'm glad I got that right. Yeah, Yeah, and so that's all the time we have for today's show. Mm -hmm. So we're going to wrap up the show by saying goodbye to Liz and um, listening to (laughs) No, not (laughs) Pelgol. <laughs> and um, thanks for tuning in and see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.